0: I hope you're excited to join us for week five of a series that we've been calling Kingdom Culture. Anybody been blessed by it? I've been blessed by it. Last weekend, I thought was one of the most lights out messages I've heard in a long time. What a timely word from our senior pastor. We love you, Pastor Sean and Jill. If you're just joining us, maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been taking a little bit of a break. Maybe you got some screen fatigue. Uh, I just wanna say welcome. In this series, we're talking all about what it looks like to build what the Bible refers to as a kingdom culture. We've defined a culture as a way of walking and a way of talking. And at this church and as the body of Christ, we wanna be a part of building a culture that's wrapped up and all encompassed in this idea that Jesus is king above all kings. He's Lord above lords. He is over everything. He is before all things. He is moving through all things. And through the Lord, he holds all things together. What if we lived and talked and walked and loved knowing that truth? I hope it's been a blessing to you. You can be seated. I wanna start by reading a passage today. That is gonna kind of set the precedent for what we're gonna talk about for the next, I don't know, hour and a half. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 25, it's gonna be up on the screen and you can just read it along with me. It says this Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one. Everybody say, The one. The one, the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape, when they refused to listen to Moses, this is an Old Testament illustration, the early messenger, that is Moses, says, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. It's talking about God. And it says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, another Old Testament illustration, his voice shook the earth. Everybody say shook. It shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. He says this, once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. Says this means that all of creation will be shaken. Anybody feeling a shaking right now? He promises that all of the earth is going to experience a shaking, but there's a purpose behind it. How many of you know sometimes we can look at, at an opportunity, an experience, a, a downset, a, a, a difficulty that you guys walk through, and sometimes it's really difficult to see God's handiwork? How many of you know that a shaking can have God's handiwork all over it? And He says, This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. We've seen a lot of that in this season, a lot of removals, a lot of things being stripped and pulled away from our lives. But he says this, so that, everybody say so that, that. the only unshakable things will remain. Isn't he kind? He says, since we are receiving... Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, we are receiving, Red Rocks Church, a kingdom that is unshakable. It cannot be shaken. It is firm. It is solid. It is secure. He says, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. And watch this, for our God is a devouring fire. Friends, can I tell you that God's plan for your life is to remove some of the things in your life that can be shaken. His plan for your life is to remove some of the things that are irrelevant for the plans he has for you. For some of you, you have been stripped away of some things and I just wanna tell you today, they aren't necessary. As painful as that is for some of you, I know some of you have lost loved ones. Your health report went from healthy to terminal. You went from gainfully employed and climbing the corporate ladder to unemployed filing for unemployment. Sometimes the peeling away, the stripping away, the shaking is very painful, but I promise you, friends, we're a part of a kingdom that is unshakable. And could it be that the shaking that you are experiencing, could it be the kindness of God to remove things in your life that you can't stand upon anyway? God, we just come before you today, we're grateful. God, today my heart was overwhelmed with the fact that I get to share your good news with people that you love so deeply. People that you loved so much that you gave your one and only son for them. All simply so that you could be with us so that we could experience your love, so that we could experience your joy, your forgiveness, so we could experience your purpose, so that we could be in relationship with you. Jesus, you, you gave the highest price so that we could enjoy you and you could enjoy us. God, I thank you for your unfailing love, your unquenchable love, your eternal love that does not get poured upon us because of our merit or our good works. You just love us because you love us. God, I pray that wherever people are watching this from, God, you'd speak to them today. Great is your word, O Lord. It is our truth. And we cling to it as so. we pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus and everybody at Red Rocks Church at thousands of locations around the world said, amen. Amen. I wanted to keep this verse up here because there's something interesting when you dig into the text and you actually start doing word studies on what was the, the original intent when you look in the Greek and the Hebrew, what was the author really trying to say, and when he says, since we are receiving, I underlined it, highlighted it, made it bold in, in all uppercase. It says, since we are receiving. I want to I break down for you what he means when he says, since we are receiving. This word in the original language, the word receiving, literally means to associate one's self, to join one's self, or to receive with the mind to associate oneself to an unshakable kingdom, to join oneself to an unshakable kingdom, or to receive with the mind. This is what he's literally saying. Friends, shaking will come, promise. But what I want you to do is to train your mind to associate with a kingdom that is unshakable, Friends, what I want to try to talk to us today is how do we go throughout life feeling unshakable, unscathed on the inside when, let's be honest, right now is a difficult time, but if you rewound a year ago, I bet you still had some shaking going on. It might not have been a, a global pandemic, but it might have been a business problem. It might have been a moral failure. It might have been a sin issue that you just can't get rid of. It might have been a drinking problem, an anger problem. You can rewind through your history and realize that shaking is a part of our lives. Sometimes what God's doing is he's challenging a foundation that we're standing upon, and he says this. He goes, listen. Friends, you are a part of a kingdom that is unshakable. What I want you to do is try to associate your mind with that kingdom. And it's gonna be in a logical path, but I think for most of us, it's something that we desire to be immovable no matter what situation I go through. Come what may, Biden or Trump, I'm immovable. Gainfully employed or broke, I'm immovable. Anybody want that kind of consistency in your life? Good days, bad days, I'm steady. I'm stable. I wanna do a little illustration. Kirk, would you mind joining me up on stage? Can you guys give it up for my friend Kirk? Yeah. Kirk's a good friend of Red Rocks Church. He's a man of God. Kirk, you've been through some shaking. Yeah. yeah. We've yeah. all been through You can stand about there. Yeah. We've all been through a little bit of shaking. You're a man of God, business owner, dad, husband man of God. There's some shaking that goes on inside your life. I think what a lot of people do when we get in shaking seasons, oftentimes we feel ill-equipped. When the shaking comes, it throws us off balance. Our minds wander to weird places. We start fighting with things like depression and and suicide, and we start getting all anxious on the inside. We start drinking more than we should. Like We get shook. Everybody say, shook. So what we start doing is we go, man, I know that God's the solution, so I'm, I'm just going to start slapping some worship on this shaking. That, that's got to help, right? Worship's a weapon. Pastor Sean told me, so I'm going to put on Elevation Worship. I'm going to put on some Red Rocks Worship. New music coming soon. What's up? What's up? And then we start still feeling the shaking. We go, man, I'm just going to throw, throw some prayer on this. Oh, man. God, I need your help. And then we start quoting verses like, no weapon formed against me will prosper you bench more than me, I can tell. We start proclaiming truths like Jeremiah 29, 11. We're just, we're trying to slap it on us so that we can withstand the shaking that comes with different seasons, different setbacks, different disappointments. But I think what happens a lot of the times is we go through this shaking season. Have you ever done any of these in a shaking season? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> nonstop. We cling to it. Have you ever felt like worship was ineffective? We can be honest in church. You put on Red Rocks worship and Tyler's singing and it's not doing anything. You ever proclaim Jeremiah 29 11 and it doesn't change your situation and it doesn't really change you? Have you ever proclaimed truths like, no weapon formed against me will prosper? I know the plans he has for me, declares the Lord. But nothing changes. You're still a wreck on the inside. Have you ever been through certain situations you know what the remedy is, you think, but yet on the inside you're shook? Friends, I wanna wanna talk to you. A lot of the times the theology that we have brought into our lives is a lot like going through certain situations and slapping a new label on it. It could be a truthful label. It could have a lot of power. It could have a lot of truth, but when you fail to see it in your life, It's a lot like me taking this bottle of Sprite, going through shaking, going through shaking. I just got let go from my job. I'm going through shaking. I haven't been in church for a long time. I'm going through shaking. My wife is tired of me being home all the time. I'm going through shaking. I got a bad medical report. I'm going through shaking. And what oftentimes we try to do is we go, man, I know on the inside I'm about to explode. So I'm gonna just slap something else on here to try to keep from what's going on inside coming out of me. I don't want it to come out anymore. And what oftentimes does is a a, a leaky or an insufficient theology, if you're new to church, like the study or the understanding of God's word, it's like slapping bad labels on a really difficult situation so that when the shaking happens, you know what happens when I unscrew this bottle. What's really in you comes out. And I wonder for some of us if what's really coming out of you is conflicting with what you're trying to slap on you in this season. I wonder if what's coming out of you is conflicted with what you know in your head to be true. I wonder if what's coming out of you in this season is proving to almost seem inadequate for what you're going through. Can we give Kirk a round of applause? Sorry if I got it on your shoes. I got it on me too. We're in this together. I want to talk about what it means to be unshakable despite the situation, because a lot of us, we don't have the inside of us changed. The inside of us hasn't been transformed, so when shaking happens, what comes out is the real you. Anybody ever just tried to stuff the real you like, I don't want people to see this? I don't want people to know this. I got to hide this because the real me is kind of gross. And if they saw what I was experiencing, what I was thinking, what I was doing behind closed doors, what I was experiencing when nobody was there, people would be disappointed. I want to talk to you about how God changes us from the inside because we can never walk in an unshakable kingdom without God first changing us from the inside. I want to read this verse, Romans 12, 2. It gives us such an amazing picture of what this is talking about. He says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Notice a second ago when Kirk was going through the shaking, he's used to living in the customs of the world. He's a businessman. His kids live in society. He lives a real life. He does a lot of life like the real world does. But when the shaking comes, now he's reaching He's going, now I need a little bit of Jesus inside my life. Like I need a little bit of truth inside my life. It wasn't rooted and grounded inside of him. He wasn't using the word to remind him. He was using the word like a sword, trying to go, please help me. I'm helpless and I'm hopeless. It hadn't yet transformed him from the inside, but he says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world, but watch this, but let God transform you. Not just let him change you. He says, let him transform you. How? Into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. He says, then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Have you ever been in a shaking time, but you knew God's will? Have you ever been in a time that's really difficult on paper you're like this ain't good this doesn't look like this chapter's going to close out well but you knew God's will and it gave you the ability to persevere despite the circumstances have you ever been there He says if you want to do that then you have to allow God to transform you And notice he didn't say transform yourself to be like God Think about that for a second How much of your life and my life is me trying to transform myself to look like God? We're going to look at scripture upon scripture upon scripture upon scripture, the transformation that God wants to see in your life, friends. Only God can do it in you. So the question is, how do I let him do it? How does God change me from the inside? Because it says, let God transform you. How? By changing the way you think. I've tried that. I don't know how to change the way I think. Under pressure, I go to the same things. I hate them, but I do them. Have you ever been there? The apostle Paul says, man, the things that I hate, I do, and the things I don't want to do. I continue to do over and 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 over. And And he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? God can transform you from the inside out. But the problem is oftentimes we only change when God performs the truth. A lot of us try to change by slapping a truth on the outside. And God wants to change some people from the inside I love this. Right before Paul starts encouraging this Hebrew church about the unshakable kingdom that they're able to be a part of, he says something really interesting. Look what he says in Hebrews 12, verse five. Literally right before he writes this passage um, that we just read about an unshakable kingdom, he says, look after each other. Why? He says, so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Friends, the way that we live an unshakable life is through the grace of God. It is only by the grace of God that we will live an unshakable life. Now, I wanna take some time and we're gonna nerd out. I even wore my nerd glasses for this. And I wanna take a look at the word grace because a lot of us, we have a partial understanding of what this word grace is. If I ask you, what is grace? Most of us would say something along the lines of, it's like God not looking or taking account of our sin. It's, it's his unmerited or undeserved favor. I love all of those. Those are all truthful things. But I wanna talk to you about, in the original language, one of the definitions for this word, grace, rocks me. And I wanna talk about why the word grace, Paul drops in there as the way in which you live and I live and we live an unshakable life. Go ahead and put that up on the screen, guys. It's the word karese. It literally means the divine influence upon the heart. Just think about this in context of the passage we're reading. He says, make sure people do not fail to receive the divine influence upon their hearts. The second part of this is that grace is that which affords joy and pleasure and delight and sweetness and charm and loveliness. Anybody wants some of those things in their lives? He says it is grace that affords us the ability to have all of these things, and it only happens by divine influence from God upon the human heart. So when Paul says, listen, you can be a part of an unshakable kingdom, You just need to make sure that nobody fails to receive the divine influence of God upon their hearts. He said there's going to be a day of shaking where everything's going to be shaken what's on the earth and what's in the heavens. The heavens, it represents the spirit realm. There's gonna be a shaking of the darkness. There's gonna be a shaking of ideologies. What you believe will be shaken. He says, make sure that people don't neglect or fail to receive the grace of God, and it will afford you joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, and loveliness, even in the midst of shaking, I think the issue with a lot of our lives is that our theology and the way that we look at the world kind of just makes us partially unshakable. You ever feel that? Walking into a situation, you're like, I think I can handle this. I think God's with me. I, I, I think He's gonna go before me. I think He's gonna provide. I think He's gonna make a way. I think He's gonna send me my honey. All the single people said, It makes us partially unshakable, but the problem is you cannot be rooted and unshakable while at the same time allowing yourself to be shakable. There's this weird in-between that a lot of us live in where one day I'm firm and the other day I'm shakable. One day I'm secure and the other day I'm shakable. And I want to talk to you about what the Bible says. The Bible places a term on people who live this way, just one day this way, the other day this day, one day this way, the other day this way. And can I free you up before we read this? This verse is about all of us. In James 1, verse 6, it says this, but when you ask him, in the verse before, he's talking about going to God and asking for wisdom for life. He says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled. Everybody say unsettled. As the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind, he says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. It's tough. He says, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And watch this, he says that they are unstable in everything that they do somebody say everything he says if you want to be unstable in everything you do I'll tell you the prescription trust in the world and trust in the Lord jointly trust trust your job for peace but also try to trust God for peace come on that's the world that we live in I have peace and then when my job gets shaken I have to be reminded that my hope was in the Lord And then I have security in my spouse. She's there for me. But then when that gets shaken, I go, oh, but God, only you can bring us back together. Have you ever been there where you get shaken and your mind has to go back to the things of God? You have to remind yourself that God is in control. Remind yourself that that he's over everything. Remind yourself that he's your provider. Remind yourself that he is your confidence, not your performance. He's saying, listen, you can't live a life that you go back and forth, but don't worry, I'm gonna give you a way of escape because you can place all of your trust and all of your loyalty upon me so that when times of shaking come, your heart is already grounded in the fact that Jesus was your provider all along. Jesus was your hope all along. Jesus was your health all along. Jesus was your sustainer all along. He says, don't live a divided life. If you feel unstable... It's because you're divided, and his encouragement is you don't have to live divided. I'm standing on the stage, not reprimanding you, but going like, this is my life. I live this life that feels so divided at times. I know the right thing I should do, yet I don't do it. The things that I try to, the disciplines in my life to produce the fruit that I want don't produce the fruit, and I live this divided life trying to chase the world's systems for fruit and trying to remind my heart all along where fruit comes from. Anybody been there? It's like Christian schizophrenia. It's bad. God's influence was never intended to affect us partially. If you're taking notes, just write that down for me: that the influence of God was never supposed to affect us partially. Have you ever met somebody that's under the influence of drugs and alcohol? You can shake your head, guys. You're in church, but we know you live in the real world. Have you ever been by somebody who's under the influence of drugs and alcohol? Have you ever noticed that somebody that bellies up to the bar doesn't go, man, I'm just going to numb my emotions and numb my pain, but I'm going to think clearly today? I'm going to have another glass because my world is in shambles and for a moment I want to forget, but I want to think clearly. I still want to be able to walk well. That's why certain things like DUIs are, are, are so high, highly offendable within our culture because they look at it and go, listen, if you're driving under the influence, it affects every part of who you are. Somebody that's under the influence can't walk the same that they used to. They can't talk the same that they used to. Come on, somebody, you ever said something that you wish you wouldn't have after you've drank too much? Have you ever done something because your judgment was impaired because you were under the influence? Friends, being under the influence of something was supposed to affect all of us, and God says, listen, if you want to be under the influence of me, it is called grace, And that grace is supposed to affect the way that I walk. It's supposed to affect the way that I talk. It will teach me and instruct me and compel me to do things I would never have done on my own. It is grace that's going to enable me to do things I would never do on my own. I wanna be under his influence. Friends, I hope you see grace in a way that you never have seen it before. You don't have to be double-minded. You don't have to be shaken. Sure, we will go through seasons where we need to be reminded of the truth, but God goes, I wanna give you a way of escape. I wanna read to you a passage, and I'm gonna close with a few thoughts from Ephesians 3.16. The way that God influences us, friends, is by loving us. He always has. He always will. When God loves us and we experience that love, that is called grace. And he says, listen, I want you to experience my love and let it influence every area of your life. Sounds cliche. It almost sounds too simple, doesn't it, Tyler? Like, surely that can't be, that can't be all But the mission in the heart of God, the reason why he sent Jesus was to show the greatest demonstration of his love to humanity that he possibly could. The way that we are influenced by God is through his love. I wonder when was the last time you were compelled to a feeling because of his love? When was the last time you were compelled to an action because of his love? When was the last time you were compelled to love your spouse differently because of his love? Friends, the reason why this is so important is because so many of us have such a skewed and weird view of love and we place it upon God. How many of you know in our culture and in cultures around the world, we allocate love to those that are beautiful, to those that are attractive to those that have good merit towards us, don't we? That's how we extend love. That's how you found your spouse. You're like, my goodness, she's a bombshell. And she's nice to me. Like that's how we allocate love. And when somebody is no longer attractive to you and when somebody is no longer extends merit to you, what do we do? We cut them off. We distance ourselves. We find another love. Friends, this is not the way that God interacts with me. It is not the way that God interacts with you. Oftentimes we go through seasons of shaking and we go, clearly I'm being shook because I, I looked at porn again. Clearly I'm being shook because I, I got a drinking problem. Clearly I'm being shook because I've neglected my family for a long time. Have you ever felt like the shaking season in your life was a discipline From God and not the kindness of God. Just me. Have you ever gone through a difficult time and you're like, God, clearly you're mad at me. I came to tell you this weekend that God is not mad at you no matter where you came from, no matter what your history looks like. Jesus loves us because he loves us regardless of his merit. So many times we have this weird picture that I must do good for God in order for him, to be love, uh, to him, for him to love me, or for him to be proud of me, for him to give me favor and blessing and kindness, for him to care for me. If that were true, if we needed to do something good for God, clean ourselves up, do something right for him to bless us, God could have never sent Jesus. Friends, wherever you're watching this from, the Bible says that while you were still a sinner, God sent his son for you. I don't know what you're going through. But man, God loves you so If you only get one thing that I say today, can you know that God loves you deeply? No matter what you're going through, what you've done, and what your history looks like, no matter what the sins in your life look like and how frequently they manifest, God is radically in love with you. And he says, if you want to go through life unshaken, can you just Let the power and the purity and the perfection of my love just influence the way you think. Sorry, I'm emotional. I cry every message. I'm not sorry. This year has been a journey for me of understanding God's love for me in a deeper way than I've ever experienced it before. I've gone throughout so much of my life trying to earn God's favor, trying to earn the right to be blessed by him, trying to live well enough that I can live confidently in his presence. Can I tell you that I've always failed? This year for me has been this exploration of God's grace for me. Where does it extend to? How how vast is it? How, How deep is it? How much can I have? What can I expect from this God? And what I'm realizing is that when Jesus went to the cross, he removed everything on my rap sheet. The word of God is a word of innocence for humanity. All I want you to know this weekend is that God wants to influence your day-to-day life through how much he loves you. I want to close with this verse. Ephesians 3.16 says this. Look at the connection of everything we've been talking about. It's all wrapped up in this verse. It says, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened. And spiritually energized with the power through His Spirit, where in your inner self, in dwelling in your inner being and personality, how many of you want a little bit of that? God, supercharge me, energize me, motivate me, be my passion from the inside out. Verse seventeen says, "So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and may you, having been deeply rooted, somebody say, deeply rooted." Secure, unshakable, that means deeply rooted, securely grounded in what? Verse 18 says, Be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width, the length, the height, the depth of his love. He says, Be fully capable. How do you experience? And know and comprehend the love of God. Love me, God. And when I fail, love me more. And when I don't succeed, love me more. And what you'll begin to realize is that the grace and the influence of God, just by loving you, allows you to understand there is no width. There is no depth, there is no height to God's love. You can comprehend it and you can know it regardless of your background. He says, fully experience the amazing endless love. Verse 19 says, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience, through shaking, that you may be filled up through your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Friends, this is why I wanted to share this. We're a part of a kingdom that is unshakable and I just want you to experience the fullness of God's love. He doesn't pour it out upon you based upon what you have deserved. That's what makes it illogical. He just says, I want you to be able to go throughout life knowing that the one who wove it all together is madly in love with you. When you hurt, he sees you. When you're anxious, he sees you. When you feel like you failed, he sees you. And he goes, just so you know, I still love you with every fiber of my being friends, it is standing securely in the love of God, God's love for you, Zach. God's love for you, Andrew. God's love for you, Brandy. It's standing in that concretely, fully, securely, that no matter what comes in your life, I promise you, you will remain steadfast, immovable and unshakable, because Hebrew says he's going to shake everything that can be shaken. And friends, the only thing in my life and in your life that will never, ever, 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 ever be shaken is the love that God has for me Would you stand to your feet at all locations if you're able in your living room? Stand to your feet, create some space. We're just gonna take some time to revel in the fact that God loves you tremendously regardless of how you behave, act, think and what your track record is. It is the love of God that will persuade you to be like him. It is God that will transform your heart and your mind to be like him. The pressure is not on you. The pressure is on God. The pressure for you is God, would you love me? Would you show me your love for me in this moment? God, I pray for people around the world right now. Lord, my hope and my prayer is that through the inadequacy of my words, God, that your spirit would pierce through the depths of people's hearts. God, no matter what shell they have, no matter what facade of strength, uh, God, that you would pierce through the depths of who they are and would you persuade them through your love. God, I just pray that people would begin to set themselves under your influence. God, like a waterfall, Jesus, would you let your love for them be poured out afresh in the new, and God, would you show them how a loving God, a consistent God, a God who pours eternal love on me, why that matters during hardship. Why that would matter when I face temptation? Why that would matter when I'm persecuted? Why that would matter, God, in the hardest situations of my life? And the reason is, God, that lust. For so many people will not have the last word, but the love of God for them will have the last word. Sickness will not have the last word, but the love of God for them will have the last word. God, let us be consumed by your love, persuaded by your love, and under the influence of your love, because that is the grace of God on display. We pray all of these things in the precious powerful, all conditionally loving God and everybody said, amen. Come on, Red Rocks Church, let's worship and thank God for his unfailing love.